0: Are you enthusiastic about playing and promoting the Star Trek CCG? Then join the Continuing Committee's Ambassador Program.
1: Let me talk to them. I'm sure I'm more articulate than that. Send an email to flrazor at me.com or send a PM to FL Razor on the message boards. So son of Troy, the on Troy, a daughter of the Fifth House, holder of the sacred chalice of Reefs the holy rings of Bethesda. We're
0: always looking for new people to join the group. We're especially looking for new ambassadors in the South Central
1: United States. Full ambassadorial status. Looks like it's back in that dress uniform. So send a message off to us today. Live long and prosper. Authorization required. Weapons log. The impossible has happened. Somewhere along this journey we will find way. Enter authorization code.
0: We might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. Our mission is to go forward. It's just begun. There's still much to do. still so much to learn.
1: Security authorization accepted.
0: Command codes
1: verified. Transfer complete.
0: You're listening to an hour with the Continuing Committee with your host, Charlie Plain.
1: Could you please introduce yourself and your forum name for everybody? So my name is Nathan Weininger. I go by the forum name Nator, N-A-E-T-O-R, which is a play on uh, my name Nate and Praetor because I'm Traditionally been a Romulan player. Oh, excellent! You learn something every day.
0: So. <laughs> you have recently been crowned uh, the 2012 West U.S. National Champion for Second Edition. So, congratulations on that. Oh, thanks. Um, tell Tell us a little bit about uh, your history with with uh, Second Edition or First Edition, and and how you got to be where you are.
1: Well, okay, uh, man, so I, uh, kind of just collected, uh, Star Trek first edition cards almost immediately when it came out. You know, at that point, I I don't know how old I was, probably like 10 or, 10 or 12 years old, but, you know, I just had some neighbor friends of me, or neighbor friends and I were, we played, played magic, but, you know, never competitively, and then when the Star Trek cards got introduced, we collected them and, had some good times, uh, you know, for the longest time, we played pretty much premiere only, uh, like myself and two other guys. Um, but, you know, I'd always, you know, I'd always been like, you know, so I'd played cards, some magic, and then I got, uh, interested in, uh, metaverse met with some friends later that played the Star Wars game. And that's when I first started to do, to find out that there were tournaments and things like that that you, should, you could go to. Uh, so I played uh Star Wars up into the time I went to college. Uh, pretty much throughout college, I didn't play much. I kind of followed what was going on. I ended up buying like a Lord of the Rings starter deck just because I like, you know, to have cards and look at the pictures, but I didn't really play. Um, now, what what part of the
0: world were you in when you were
1: go- oh, sure, growing up sure. and going to school? Yeah. So this is I I grew up mostly in Iowa, so this is all, you know, I went to college in a small school in Iowa, uh, and kind of hung out there. But when I, when I graduated, uh, from college, I started, I initially started graduate school at the University of Iowa, and I met up with a play group, uh, the, the play group now is, that plays in Cedar Rapids. And, uh, well, so, so I guess going back, um, after I got out of school, I checked you know, to see if Star Wars tournaments were still being played, and of course, at that point, they had canceled the game. And so I looked at what other games Decipher was making, and then they came had a Star Wars second edition. And I go, well, oh, this is perfect. You know, I haven't played Star Wars for, you know, at that point, probably 10 years, and so or Star Trek uh, in the past 10 years. So I figure, oh, this is a good point. You know, I can start learn and learn how to play. And I looked around, and there was a group that, uh, the Cedar Rapids group that I had mentioned. And so I, they'd have tournaments probably every, every couple of weeks or so. And so I learned how to play up there, uh, and just, you know, started collecting the cards up there. Uh, turns out, uh, you know, life will throw you some wrenches every so often. And the, the graduate program I was at at the University of Iowa shut down. And so I was looking for another graduate program. And I ended up moving down to Alabama uh Birmingham, Alabama, uh to finish that's where I finished up my graduate school. And lo and behold they had a, a, a pretty solid uh, Star Trek playing group down there as well. And so I kind of assimilated into their group, uh, you know, you know, kept on collecting cards and accruing cards, uh playing with a, a couple uh good players down there uh until the point where second edition uh got cancelled. And since I had you know, kind of observe Star Wars rise and then fall. I kind of figured, well, this is the same thing that's going to happen to second edition. So I, I stopped playing for about, uh, a year and a half to two years. Um, until one of the guys that I had, uh, played with a lot, uh, in Birmingham said, hey, you know, there's still, we're, you know, we're still playing Star Trek, you know, locally here. So come on and join. And I went and brought an, you know, an old deck. And they're like, oh yeah, by the way, there's this new, you know, the game has been continued on through this, uh, through the continuing committee. And then I, you know, of course I saw the website and I kind of become more and more interested in, in, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, eventually I, uh, graduated, uh, from graduate school in Birmingham and I was looking for a job and I, uh, one job was in San Diego. So I moved out here and joined the San Diego group. So I
0: have
1: kind of had a, Experienced a lot of different, I guess, metas as you, you like to say. You know, I've you know played with a group, the group from Iowa, uh, played with Birmingham, kind of through most of my uh, trek playing, and then this last year and a half or so, uh, been enjoying the, the group here in San Diego. Yeah, it's it,
0: it, you know the different play groups play very differently, and they're all they're all different people, obviously. And it's, it's it's really interesting to me when you. Travel to a different area, just all the different dynamics and the, the different in jokes and the different traditions about how cards are played. But you know everybody's playing the same game, but it's like
1: different dialects of the of the language. Oh, it's oh really sh- interesting. Oh, sure. We had you know we had a guy in Alabama. He would he was notorious for playing Dirg. like his favorite character in the game. You know, uh, first uh, a premier second edition Dirg. Um, oh yeah, so Derg's he was. He's, you know, he's a solid personnel, but he'd he'd love him, you know. So he'd always, he was kind of his tradition to include three of him in every deck he played. So like, it, you know, there was always kind of little nuances you run into, but that's uh, that's something I I always remember. I think he goes by sometimes he goes by the uh, alias Dirk for a day. So he went on the board for that something like
0: that. So that's awesome. that's 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 great. Uh, and and then. You know, you see all these different players, and when they all come to like a big convention like Gen Con or, or World Championships, it's it's you know, I I know you've come to a couple Gen Cons at least at least one or two, and it's I always say it's it's kind of like a almost like a family reunion vibe, you know. Everybody's like everybody immediately falls into like, hey, we're all buddies because we play this game, and it's a, it's a lot of fun, even though everybody's from all over the country and all over the world, it's, it's a, really, it really is a community of, of people.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I've, you know, some of, you know, some of my, you know, better friends that I've made, you know, in the last ten years of my life have been through playing cards, you know, a lot of the guys, uh, in Iowa, I still keep in touch with, uh, uh, some of the guys in, uh, uh Alabama, you know, I've met players up in Minnesota that I've become friends with and, you know, different, you know, different people from the East Coast, you know, we kind of, you know, talk on Facebook and things like that. And obviously out here, uh, uh, a number of friends. So yeah, definitely, you know, you, you, when you kind of get together and, and even now, you know, now with kind of online play, you're playing kind of regularly playing people from around the world, uh, or, or around the nation. And so when you kind of meet up and in, in play, you know, you have kind of a, now you're able to put a face with the name and at least the first time. And then, you know, subsequent years you're able to talk about you know you know future events you're going people are going to go to and things like that. So it's, yeah, it's a really great time.
0: Yeah. Um. So you have actually been on quite a run in 2012. If we if we consider uh, this, you know, Jan, January 2013 is part of the 2012 season at least for nationals. So. Sure. You went to the the big Minnesota tournament over World's uh, weekend and. Yeah. Did pretty well there. And then you won the Nationals tournament. So, yes, this Nationals was just in San Diego. It was, uh, there's only a dozen people, which is, you know, a a pretty moderately sized event, I would say, um, for these days. Um, What did you play?
1: Oh, okay. So, um, uh, when I went up to Minnesota, you know, I think the people up there and, you know, they regard themselves as the elite track players, and I think, you know, they're right, you know, for, you know, about half the time when it comes to that. I think they have some very great players up there and some, you know, very competitive games. And so I wanted to play, so when I went up to Minnesota, I wanted to play a deck that I was, you know, very comfortable playing and very familiar with and thought that, you know, knew would be successful. Uh, the guys up there, they tend to play speed solvers and they play a lot of decks that do dilemma avoidance, so things like field studies where they can put dilemmas under with actually having to face dilemmas. And so I thought a deck that could, you know, draw extra dilemmas or, you know, get uninvited or things like that would be a a good, a good play. So I ended up playing a, a Borg deck which did assimilation kind of as a more, almost more of a scare tactic than you know, you, you see sometimes you see these assimilation decks that are designed to just wipe the board of your personnel. i you know, I've never, I never really liked those builds as much as kind of, I guess, my own personal one. And it's, it's, it was very similar to the one I played in uh, when I came to San Diego for Continentals. Uh, I guess two, well, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Back when I was, that, so that was actually a, a, a good time. That was when I was. Visiting out here for a job interview, and then Continentals was the same weekend, so I was able to get that tournament. But it was, you know, this is a deck that I was pretty familiar with. I knew it was good; it could be solid. I thought, you know, I thought if if I could go, it was a five round five or yeah, I think it was a five round tournament. If I, if I could go four and one, that'd be really good. And then I ended up, you know, catching a couple breaks and got to five and zero. Then won the uh, head to head matchup at the end.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, it was an impressive performance. And, I mean, you've certainly, you're certainly no stranger to high level play and, and, and doing well at a high level. I mean, as you said, you were continental champion and, and now national champion. And I, um, so, and, uh, Minnesota, th- those guys are, really nice guys. What I know of them, um, they have the advantage of having lots of playgroups in a fairly yeah. small geographic area, so they can draw big numbers for big tournaments yeah really
1: easily yeah and then so. you can you know when you you know there's a lot of you know benefits when you have a big group you know you're able to see a lot of different decks uh i think here in san diego we have players that play kind of a wide variety of decks but you definitely can can fall into groups especially before kind of the advent of uh the the website and being able to see what other people are doing you definitely have these pockets of players where you know, for example, when we were, when I was living in Birmingham, uh, pretty much, uh, everyone played 35 card, you know, speed decks. If yeah. you were gonna play an interaction deck, you wanted to have everything either in your hand or on the table by turn two, right? Which, you know, if you think about that now, that's like, well, that's, that's ridiculous. That's never gonna happen. But that was kind of just, uh, the environment we played in. And the first time that I went online and, You know, looked at this tragic turn dilemma pile back in its heyday. I annihilated everyone, and they're like, "Oh, I guess we'll we need to start thinking about how to play differently."
0: Well, and 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 that's how the metas evolve. You know, you you know, and especially with the internet, somebody can win in Germany and they post their deck, and then it can be played uh, all across the world Mm -hmm. a week or two later. So,
1: um, yeah, you know, I it. it's kind of funny I remember kind of the last few years of decipher where you would hear about decks people would kind of talk about them on the message like the message board at the time but you never you'd rarely ever see the deck list until it was actually played at worlds you know some usually some like person who is a fan of the game would just kind of ask people their deck list and write them down or something like that and so you so you'd rarely ever you'd rarely ever see the decks in practice until they're at the world stage. And so, mm-hmm. you know, players were less informed about, especially how, like, different groups beyond them were playing the game. And so when you had those big events where everyone came together, uh, it was, it was just really interesting to see what people, what people would do.
0: Absolutely. And, and uh, I remember, you know, running some of those big tournaments in the Decipher area and, you know, collect having to collect deck lists and then go home and decompress from Gen Con and then look at a stack of thirty deck lists and have to try to type them all up. Yeah. And post them and, you know, you get through like the top eight or top sixteen and then you want to go
1: <laughs>
0: kill yourself. <Sure. laughs> oh yeah. It, it's 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 so much easier now with, with the website. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be it probably was pretty bad the last few years I guess when the deck list started to get bigger, right? It probably wasn't too bad when they're all thirty five cards. When they started getting to fifteen and sixty cards, was like probably wasn't too fun to put in
0: yeah once the the sort of euroborg kind of hit the scene right that was when that was remember i remember the tipping point being when it was like everybody was everybody was playing you know fast mission solvers and it was who had the right cheater at the right time and did somebody innovate a neat dilemma combo and then all of a sudden it was like these big Borg decks showed up and then people had to start you know building bigger decks to deal with. All of my people are going to be taken, or I can play thirty counters worth of people in the first two turns, and, and you got to be able to adapt to that.
1: Yeah, it and is now.
0: It's it's so rare to see a, a small deck. So.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it's something where you know it's it's very, I guess, uh it seems like a very continental or region specific how people are playing different decks. You know, you know, I was telling you know, talk about Minnesota group earlier, and those you know those guys tend to play smaller decks you know, kind of, you know, very mission-focused. Uh, if you... But if you go kind of, you know, other side of the world, in Europe, you see everyone plays kind of big wall decks where they're throwing out, you know, 20, 30 events in their deck and they're, you know, 30, 40 personnel. And so it's a very different, you know, type of game being played, for example, in the United States than it is in Europe. And, whether, you know, You know, I think, you know, the jury's kind of still out, like, which, you know, which, which builds our best, because even though we have, you know, deck lists being shared across the world, we never really have, it's, it's, or it's, it's not often we have kind of the, uh, you know, the best players from one continent playing the best players from another continent.
0: Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we, you know, I would, I would love to be able to, like, bankroll, you know, a flight for the continental champions to come <laughs> to worlds and stuff. It's just, you know, it's not going to happen in our current situation. But, you know, um, well, I mean, I, I think now that we're, you know, rotating worlds around continents, uh, you know, whether it's every three years or every other year, however it's going to be, that at least it's bringing different players to the big stage every year.
1: Sure. I mean, you course. know, and, and people, and people do travel, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've, never been to europe and uh you know every time i've done a big move when i've you know before i moved out here i've you know said well i am going to do like a two-week you know tour europe deal so maybe next time it's in europe i'll you know do the tour and kind of catch a weekend of trek at the end of it or something like that i think you know you're never going to be able to send kind of the fleet of You know, for example, people from North America to Europe. But you know, you can you're going to be able to have those pockets of people that are able to afford it and you know want to have a weekend of playing track in addition to a holiday to to do that.
0: Yeah, and and you never know with with pay with uh, Priceline and all those different websites. You know that that where you can get really good deals. Even even if a last minute decision you know to go isn't. You know, twenty years ago, that would be you know fifteen thousand dollars, fifteen you know to go to make a last minute trip to Europe, and you'd have to go through this travel agent. Now you can kind of just pull up, pull up your favorite website and see if you can find a deal and and go. And it's, sure. It, it it helps a little.
1: So. We we need a stronger U.S. dollar though, Charlie. Then we can <laughs> then we can afford to go there easier. I think right now they're they can afford to come to the U.S. A little a little uh, easier than we can that way. Yeah, but, the, the dollar isn't
0: what it used to be. So, someday. Someday. <laughs>
1: All right, so
0: San Diego, um, you, you know, I've been out here a year and a half, and, and I've been out here a little longer, and it, it's a very, it, it, it's really a mellow play group. Um, they, they're never really, even for a big event, the local players here don't don't tend to bust out super competitive decks. Um, they have a long history of going back to their their league before we had leagues rotating decks every week. Sure. You know, not playing the same thing. So there's all sorts of different different variety.
1: Yeah. I mean, you um, know, I you know, I I'm gonna stop you for a second. I yeah. I think the uh, but kind of before I moved out here that was definitely kind of a feeling that I had, you know, you, you read deck lists and you hear tournament reports. That was kind of a feeling I had. But there's uh I mean I think any of the players out here can, you know, be a top level player at any time, you know, I think, you know, Rogue won the, you know, Santa Barbara regional, Johnny won the regional here, you know, Matt's been, you know, Matt was kind of a lucky random selection uh by me away from winning uh, yeah. the national tournament here. So, I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if that's entirely true that people kind of just play soft things, but you know, there's good players and you, and the the people out here you know a lot of the people work for work for the cc so they're you know maybe more informed than some of the groups so that helps them be better players and learn more of things like that so i think oh, yeah. while while like the decks tend to be you know sometimes people are playing you know more fun decks i don't think the the level of play is any you know any different than any of the other places places i've kind of played at before uh-
0: I absolutely agree, and I didn't mean to, to, to say that the level of skill is low. Uh, I agree with you that that you know Thomas uh, TK, Thomas Weinberg, Matt, Johnny, especially he's amazing. Rogue, Dan, even me at a, at an occasion can play well, <laughs> and, and it, it's it's. It, I just you know you get this, especially with achievements. There you know M- M- Matt and Rogue are both achievement chasers, and so they like to play decks that you know. We'll go for achievements and, and I do a really cool thing rather than bring, you know, the tight 42 card Klingon Riker sword deck that, that Chris wants to be a big fan of, you know? Right. Um, and that's, both of those are perfectly legitimate and, and, but you're right. Anybody out here, you know, could, could, could threaten to win at any given time. And, and that's...
1: It, it depends, those... it depends on the event, right? You know? Yeah. You know, for the, the, you know, when we're playing local tournaments, you know, anyone is gonna be able to win those local tournaments, cause no one's playing, you know, no one's playing, I'm gonna blow up your ship, kill all your people, and you can't do anything about it, you know. Everyone's playing, kind of, usually, an idea that they have that, you know, hasn't been looked at by someone else in the world or something. They're all, you know, they're always trying to, like, some wrinkle or trying to uh, come up with something new. So the, in the local games, I think, you know, anyone can win. Any night, and then in the big events, you know the players are good enough, you know, and smart enough, and and informed enough, where uh, you know if they bring the right deck and play well, they can win.
0: So with that sort of setup of the San Diego play group, what you know you played Starfleet. What were your thoughts behind that deck choice going into the the Nationals event?
1: Right, so I, I, I hadn't played Starfleet, I think, ever, until I went up to, when I went up to Minnesota, the, the day before, kind of the, the big event was supposed to be just a fun play, something you've, you know, never done to get an achievement deck. And I asked, you know, I, I was, uh, staying with Chris, uh, Chris Sonsby, and he, and I told him, hey, just make me a deck, I, you know I don't care what it is I'll play it on the Friday night uh Friday night event and he built me this like really tight really small starfleet deck that I I forget which achievement was it was all was, was going through I think it was going for you know not including certain people and certain missions and I played it and I was kind of impressed by just how you know it was pretty it is pretty fast deck especially if you can get uh Samuels out early because he makes probably 50% of your personnel, uh, really cheap. And so I played with it a little bit, uh, up there, and I think, well, this is pretty good, you know, for something that I ended up, I think I won up all three games. We played three games, and I won all of them. And so, well, this is pretty good. I can, maybe I can tweak it around a little bit and find something that's, uh, you know, more competitive. Uh, that was, so that was about the same time that, um, I think that was around, maybe it was a little after the, you know, people were talking about the card hate with, uh, Lorien. I know, and I know that's since been, uh, uh, removed, but people were talking about that. I was like, well, maybe I can, like, slip this, you know, one hate in there and, you know, kind of hit the, hit the jackpot against someone once and try, try to do some tweaks to, you know, turn it from being kind of just a deck that I really didn't know anything about into something that could be, uh, really dangerous.
0: So the the trick with hate, just just in case anybody does not know that that was the idea was, you give Lorian a skill with something like the the tricorder, and then you play hate on him to remove him from the game, so he lets you, unstop, all your other Starfleet guys. That that was that is that the trick basically? Yes. Yep.
1: That was okay. exactly the trick.
0: And, and obviously that's 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 subsequently been eroded, but but that was running around for a while. I, personally, I thought that was really cool. I mean, it was it was. Arguably not intended, but it was a neat little, probably only gonna happen one out of twenty game little trick, but, but it, it, it's probably for the best that that loophole was closed, but.
1: You know, you know, I think if, if hate would have been kind of well played outside of that combo, I think I would have been perfectly fine with it. But the, to me, the problem was the only people that were playing hate were using it for that purpose, and so it kind of, To me, it made that card seem like, well, it's not even doing what it's intended to do, much less what we would like it to do. So I could, I was kind of a a proponent of its change, and I'm I'm glad to see it was changed.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew what that trick was. Anyway, you were talking about you played the you played the deck in Minnesota. You kind of tweaked it a little bit. You liked it,
1: right? And you know, so you know, there was a couple tricks to the deck that I thought were cool. You know, if you have the tri the Vulcan tricorder, um, it lets you discard discard from your hand to gain a skill and which and that ability uh works very well with uh D Vela, which is the uh D apostrophe V-E-L-A, which is the uh Orion Mirror Universe Starfleet personnel that's non unique. So you can essentially at any point, you could ditch your hand with the Vulcan Tricorder, which which triggers her ability, and then you can destroy an event and gain a skill. So there was kind of a lot of little little tricks to the personnel that I thought were really cool. You know, um, the Karen Archer ability I thought was pretty cool, where you can you know jack up your personnel. Uh, you know, I played it in, in the Delphic Expanse, so obviously Archer is you know kind of a, a you know policing uh the uh non skill dilemmas so it so it was a deck that I thought had a lot of promise and a lot of cool tricks to it um i i the 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 version I played it ended up not including things like a cypher so eyes and at what cost those are you know if you look at the Starfleet decks that have done well. In other parts of the world, world, they're typically, you know, high 50s at the minimum to like 60, 65 cards and they're playing a site for Sorais and things like that. And I was just kind of messing around with it. I was thinking, well, I don't think this is actually, you know, using that combo in the build I had. It wasn't actually speeding up the deck. It seemed to just be hindering it. And I thought, well, we have, you know, a lot of players around that like to play uh, they like to play event destruction, so, if I run into someone and I'm drawing these cards and they're just destroying a site for Sarai's every turn, I mean, now I'm even slowing myself down even more, so, I figured, just let's scrap it, and if you want to draw more, you can use, uh, like these are the voyages on, uh, Samuel's, or I had Bash- uh, one copy of Bashir in there. So it was, it was designed to be, you know, i've kind of tried to like it was designed originally to be like a very small deck you get out Samuels early you have a lot of cool tricks and you can solve your missions you know in 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 practice i ended up adding like a few more cards because I was worried about certain things you know there was talk that uh other players were gonna travel to our to play and so I was like well I should have some personnel retrieval and I shouldn't put more event destruction. And so I started adding more cards to it and I ended up taking out a lot of the cool things out to kind of compensate for that. Like yeah. I, I took out the tricorder, you know, hate obviously got eroded and so, uh, you know, so uh, there was no need for that combo. And so a lot of the, the cool pieces of the deck got thrown out and I added a lot of kind of, you know, I guess meta choices. And, you know, don't get me wrong, the deck was, you know, the deck obviously did well, uh, uh, and it's, you know, I think it's a decent deck. But I, you know, playing it, I was, I, it, to me it just felt like, like a different way to play a cadet deck. Like where you have a bunch of cheap personnel that have enough attributes, you put out enough people where you're able to double, triple attempt missions. Yeah. And, and and never I don't even know if I use any of like the tr- tricks on the the future personnel once uh in the entire tournament. Or you know, I it just it, it's a good deck and it, you know, plays well and it's gonna win more than it loses. Uh in a competitive event it'll you know, it can it can hold its own. But it just wasn't that fun. <laughs> I guess is what I was, I guess I'm trying to get at. There wasn't, I never really had anything cool that I was, was happy about afterwards. So, you know, if I go through it again, I try to really think about, I guess, how to, how to take advantage of the abilities on your personnel. I think the, like, really the only ability that I noticed people considering was archer and maybe people picked you know different dilemmas because of him but yeah you know, i don't you know you don't you don't even know if people would have changed you know how they changed their dilemma choices because you don't actually see what they didn't give you
0: yeah it's uh you know and 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 it probably did make a difference because you know the, even he's one of those personnel that the thread of him changes well, the way you play yeah, not, I mean, not to the degree of kirk but
1: yeah i mean he got secret identity and, you know, stuff before, you know, so obviously you know, people were uh, thinking about him, but yeah, you know, it's just uh the, the good thing about the deck was that you, there was a few personnel in there that had high cunning values. And so you could get some of the, you could, there's a, the mission, one of the Delphic missions, the planet where you need 34, greater than 34 cunning, you could mm-hmm. get that with kind of the right combination of five people, which I, you know, ended up being kind of the, you know, the only t- trick I thought of in the how the deck really worked out, and also also the the the, the space mission the eliminate sphere network, if you have the J out, and the right combination of personnel, you can get that with five too. So, the the end up the kind of tricks tricks I ended up using in my own games were. How can I get these five people out that can solve these missions where, where, you know, where I can send down nine on one attempt and if they don't get timescaped, I can stack a bunch and then send down five and solve these missions. So that was kind of the the only, you know, mental game I was playing with myself on how to exploit, uh, my own personnel. Is something bothering you, Major?
0: You don't want to ask me that, Commander. Why not? Because I have the bad habit of telling the truth. Even when people don't want to hear it.
1: Perhaps I want to hear it. I don't believe the Federation has any business being here. The provisional government disagrees with you. The provisional
0: government and I don't agree on a lot of things, which is probably why they sent me to this godforsaken place. So so we we did five rounds, and you ended up four and one. Yes. Uh four full wins and a modified loss to TK. Yeah. He was playing his TOS battle deck that he's sort of infamous for. Um was that your toughest matchup or did you have to fight harder in one of your wins than than that?
1: Right. Um You know, that deck, uh so I guess let me give you I guess a little backstory. So I was looking for a couple cards to finish off this deck, and I had, you know, PK and I kind of talked back and forth, and so I had, you know, I asked him if he had, you know, I, I knew he was in Florida, I'd ask him, hey, you want to, can you send me these cards for this deck I'm going to build? He's like, oh yeah, sure, and he, you know, uh, he was kind enough to send those to me. And so I figured there was no way in hell that he would be showing up for a tournament where he could have just walked in and handed me these cards. And so it was it was it was pretty funny to me when I walked in I saw him sitting there and and you know this this the battle deck that you're 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 referring to that he plays it's uh it's it's very you know it's a very good deck. He's won, you know I think he's won some you know online tournaments, he's won locals in different places with it. It's a good deck but you know, it has like some very obvious weaknesses to it. But the mm-hmm. problem with it is if you don't actually stock those cards to, to deal with it, it becomes a very difficult deck to defeat. So, you know, kind of, you know, one of the things he relies on is with the TOS is they have the, the Cisco and the Wharf that are able to counter, uh, verbs. Yeah. And so his, you know, he's kind of has too many ways to counter The typical counters people use to prevent your ship from getting destroyed. You know, so if, you know, if a person's playing a bunch of, you know, ship destruction cards, well, you say, well, I'm going to play event destruction cards and I'll destroy those, but, you know, Cisco will cancel those or, you know, Warfare able to cancel your, you know, other ways. So the deck itself has a lot of ways to counter the naturally, the natural counters to things like that. And so you have to come in, I mean, to, to beat it, I mean, to easily beat it, you have a couple, you know, counters. Like, for example, if you have the Mediate Peace Treaty, I think, is that the space mission that... Yeah, you, you can't you fight. Help? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, Chris Donati played that mission, and he, I think, beat TK pretty easily. Uh, so he, you know, he had the, like, uh, you know, one of the obvious counters to that deck.
0: Yeah, yeah cause it, the, the deck's big trick is really catch you at the space mission and blow you up with right. all your guys on it. You know, you can dance around him in planets and 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 I know he was he was using captain on the bridge to play kruge. Yeah. Cuz he actually stole a ship from me and that's how he beat me. <laughs> but uh you know, you that can happen but if you can you know, avoid being that that one, you know, it's really that one alpha strike. If you can avoid that, yeah. you you can
1: and, and his, his dilemma pile is kind of set up well for it, you know, because he, so he has Tos and so he has the McCoy to pull back dilemmas, and his dilemma pile is basically, you know, I don't know how many necessary executions again. There are probably three of them, but um, his, it's designed to if you see the battle coming in space, so you go to planet, he will decimate you and then pull all the, the dilemmas back, right, with necessary execution. So, and at the same time, he also has ducat, And so, anything you lose is gone for the game. And so, he's taking out, you know, key personnel to land that one damage dilemma he needs to land on you in space. So that his other two ships can show up and just point blank strike kill you. And so... You know, I've, I've played it a number of different times with a number of different decks and I, I don't, I, I still don't know the best strategy to do it. I think if you have a, so like my deck was, you know, it's, it, it has decent, so his big thing is the GOM2, to land the, so he tries to land a GOM2 on you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my deck, the damage people, they don't have, they're not sixes in integrity, they're usually like fives and, you know, I have some, People with fours in there too. And so I don't have a lot of integrity help. And so to, and, and so you, it's hard to avoid, uh, that GOM2 initially. Um, I, I, I honestly, I don't know what the best strategy to beat it is. I've beat it before by, you know, I've, I've played it against with Borg before where I've just got my, my cube out and uh, was able to, uh, I, I forget how that worked out, but I was, I think I sat my cube out on the planets, um, and made him, made it so he had to, he couldn't destroy the cube, and he couldn't, and I put enough personnel on the ship so he couldn't Krug the, the, yeah. ship or something like this, you know, so, it's a very, it's, when you play it, when you play it, it's, it's it's a very, I guess, cerebral game for yourself. Like, he's just sitting there just waiting for you, you know, like, looking at you, like, smirking the whole time. And you're trying to think, I'm like, okay, how am I going to prevent, like, all my people from getting killed? Um, and so, you know, I, I I did a strategy against him where I said, okay, I'll bet on him not playing any of the big, like, like, a fractured time uh, any of the, any of the, any of the things that kill massive away teams. Yeah. So I ended up, I think I attempted my two planet missions against him. I s- well, with the first time with 20 people, and the second, and I solved it, and the second time with 16 people, and solved it. No, 'cause cause his, 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 his donophile is, 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 is very set to like kill targeted personnel. Mm-hmm. Usually to kill mission skills, and so if you have just eight of a mission skill, he's not going to be able to eliminate that skill. Yep. Um but it turns out that, you know, you know, while I'm just sitting there just building up this fleet of per- or this, this giant crew, you know, he's kind of slow, very slow, you know, he's, he's not a very good solving deck because it's still filled with these interaction stuff, so it's, Slowly moving through his missions, and I think I would have, I think I had a chance to, uh, stop him on his last mission, which would have won me the game, but, uh, I think he was able to double attempt and solve that mission. So, uh, he pulled that one out. Um, So I, I'd like to say that I was probably the, I mean, it definitely wasn't the most Trek-like game, right? You know, it's a, a very different type of game that I, Played against him than I would play against almost any other decks. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my game against Matt was really uh, kind of a fun. This is how you play track game where it was like down. You know, there was there was different you know abilities. You were people were doing different abilities. I was trying to figure out like what do I need to stop him at certain places. You know, his deck was designed to do two. Missions and win the game, and so that puts a lot of pressure on you. Yeah, and so I was able to prevent, you know, I was able to prevent him from doing that. You know, he ended up getting, uh, so he was he was gonna do, uh, a forty-point mission plus early departure, and then another mission that was worth fifty points. So he was able to, he wanted to do those two missions and win, but I was able to, you know get rid of the one of the hurried departure so he'd only scored 40 off of it um and you know, so that was a game where you know and he he was playing voyager so he had Chicotes and so it was thinking like well he's going to stop this many i need to think about how many I, I have to be able to stop so that was that was a game that i thought was uh the most challenging game that was like a real trek game i guess <laughs>
0: Yeah, the, the you know the gamesmanship of
1: without having to worry about interaction, like you know the strategy
0: of it. I, I think I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Now, um, Matt uh, was one of the the people who were there was sort of a discussion after the tournament about Nathan Samuels, mm-hmm. who is sort of the hero of your deck, um, yeah. and whether or not he needs to be eroded. So I thought I'd ask you as the you know most recent person who benefited from him do you think he's uh you know above the power curve right now? Should to right. be looked at?
1: Right. So uh I guess if you look at the deck I had, it had three copies of him uh three copies of disruptive presence and an Obrist. Uh originally it was I think it ended up being like 49 cards which is for that deck is too many. Yeah. Um it should when I when I was kind of when I've been t- when I was test drawing it more, it was about the forty four card range, which I think is is perfect uh, that allows you to get him out most games by turn one on turn one uh typically, what I'll do is if i you know if you have Samuels in your hand, that's great. If you don't, usually you draw two cards, and so now if you've drawn him in those two, you can still play him or you've drawn a disruptive presence and so with disruptor presence, now you have, so you have nine cards. You play that, and you have to discard one, so you have seven, and then you download the Samuels. And so now, when they randomly pulling, randomly make you discard a card, it's one in eight chance that they get them. Yeah. So that's the that's the way that I would uh, typically play if I got you know disruptor presence or something in my hand. Uh, so yeah, you know. When I did my game against Matt, you know, I, you know, I, kind of wrote in my Turner report that, you know, I have obviously got lucky, kind of in the late random selection against him, but in that game I, I didn't draw, uh, I don't know, I didn't draw Samuels until, like twenty or maybe twenty-five cards in. It was a long, it was a long time. Uh, I ended up using like two. These are the voyages to try to find him. And so in that game. The, you know, I was completely behind him. You know, I was only playing like, you know, non, or I was only playing humans or non-aligned people. Uh, so he's the he's obviously like you said he's obviously the biggest piece of that deck. Now, he's probably uh beyond the power curve. Uh. I would have, I would have probably seen it more if the deck was smaller like I kind of had originally, uh, planned it, it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they make so many of those personnel, uh, cost, you know, you know some of them will cost enough.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of two cost aliens. Right.
1: And so, but the problem is that a lot of those personnel I feel are over for their skills and ability. So, you know, for example, the Greer in that set, the, he's the non-unique, uh, Starfleet guy with five skills. He's, I think he's 656. So, if you compare him to, like, uh, Bamara, right, from Premier, Bamara is 656, has five skills. She doesn't have an ability. Um, but she's cost two. So I don't, I, it, you know, that ability is something that, for example, like like I was telling you, I've never used any of those you know, abilities in the entire tournament. And so I would say that if you eliminated Samuels completely from the game, that person shouldn't actually cost three; he should cost two. But because Samuels exists in this current form, I think three is. Is completely reasonable. Does this this kind of rationale make sense?
0: Yeah. So so the idea is you know, for the first I see kind of two things you said. One, if you don't get Samuels out early, um, you're kind of super slowed down because everybody's and, and and that sort of ties into the second point, which is you sort of you think design is intentionally raised to the price of these uh, non humans. Because Samuels exists, right?
1: Existed. And you know, Samuels has been around for a while, right? I mean, he was around before those, wasn't he? About before the Future Enterprise.
0: Yeah, he was early, and the Future team came came a bit later.
1: So, so I mean, I'm sure that you know, playtesters were thinking about these types of things, designers too. So it it it'd be hard to, it'd be hard to like let's say you Samuels was eliminated from the game completely. Yeah. I would say that that deck that I played would be more or less unplayable at kind of a, a competitive tournament. I, I, well, it wouldn't be completely unplayable, but it'd be very hard. It'd be very slow. Yeah. Um, you'd be spending, you know, I would usually be out on turn four with about uh eight personnel, which is. Maybe average to a little below average for kind of a speed deck. Mm-hmm. Speed with that deck really comes in the middle of the game, where you're able to play a lot of the personnel um, uh, cheap, you know, you know, kind of you know turn five and to turn ten or.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, you you could you if Samuels didn't exist, you, you'd be pushed back into the sight for sore eyes at what cost model to generate extra counters right to speed yourself up and. and that's all Starfleet was, you know, before. And uh, at least with with Samuels, I think it's at least presenting a different build for Starfleet. Yeah. And, and and that's always good, you know. If there's only ever one build for every affiliation, that's that's pretty boring. That there should be multiple builds. So.
1: And I don't, um, think, yeah, I, like you're saying, I don't think that's the only, uh, like that's not the only uh, build you can have. I, I mean, some of the people have kind of combined all the builds, especially the, the bigger. Uh, I guess European style decks. They've kind of combined all of them together. Uh, mine was more just just Samuels and not the Cypresauri's. Yeah. So. But I guess kind of going back to, does he need to be changed? Um, if he's going to be changed, you know, and I would wager that he probably should be, um, particularly because you're getting you're getting a ton of mid-game speed. Like, you're out, you know, I'm able, I, you know, I was regularly able to drop like four personnel a turn after, you know, after turn five or something like that. Yeah, and,
0: and not weenies either. Yeah,
1: yeah, and these are, you know, people like the Tapal with, I don't know, eight skills, you know, seven cunning, uh, the yeah. Orion, who's got a great ability if you can use him, seven cunning, and he's got seven skills too. So you're, you're playing good personnel, very cheap in the middle of the game. Um, so I think he needs to be changed. Now, there, you know, you can talk about should he, I guess, should he be stopped to do it? I think that's the, I think that's kind of the first thing that you think of: limited ability to once a turn.
0: Well, there was the AU Guinan that recently came out that is that text. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. A a lot of people saw those two and were like, huh? You know, why isn't, why is one this way and the other way?
1: Yeah, I I can definitely see that. Um, So, if you stop him, right, so he's five, he costs five, and obviously you're going to, you know, draw to play him. Assuming you're just going to stop him every turn, he becomes basically, you know, he's the equivalent of an event that can't be destroyed. Right. So yep. you're just sitting around not doing anything, stopping himself. Uh you know, so that's ends up being like, you know, about six counters, so you're really not getting any benefit out of it till uh like three turns in, right? So you're spending six turn one, for example, yeah, to gain six counters, you know, just for the next three turns. Uh so I think if you if if there needs to be a change, I think his well, there's a couple of things. I think you want to change the the requirement, the 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 40 point mission. So so let's assume that Samuel's in his current form is going to be much less than he is now. Yeah. I think you, I think it'd be wise to drop the two or more 40 point missions. Uh. I think, you know, you know, I always talk about you. You know, I've heard you. Talk, you know, people talk about this before, but kind of. You know, limits the creativity you can have with, with him in the first place. You know, you really, you know, I felt like, you know, playing this deck, I was, I was basically have like one mission I could, I could, you know, choose from. And that, that might have been a good idea kind of when he originally came out, but now that, you know, he's gonna be more limited and because there's more personnel that benefit from him, I think it, I think it'd be nice if he wasn't limited to the missions you can have. Also, I think uh one of the things that was that you kind of don't think about when you're putting the deck together until you actually play it is that you have to play the people to earth. And so, you know, I had the damage crew, and so you can't play your people to your damage enterprise with him. Yeah. You're playing them to your ship. Uh, so if you're going to stop him, if you're going to make him stopped and cost the same, I would definitely eliminate those two aspects of it because that's a, you know almost a huge hindrance to to what you would potentially gain from even playing him in the first place. So you, you yeah. can say let's stop him, eliminate you know so you could almost just mirror Gainen completely, right? Geynen doesn't have a mission requirement. Uh, nope. Or she doesn't have. I don't even think she she doesn't have an Earth requirement for her. Right?
0: It's when you play a card at this mission. So at this, mission. Oh. You, you you'd have to put Samuels on on the damaged Enterprise. Yeah. Which which is you know that's in and of itself. Now he's as he is right now, he he's kind of what I call a, a supervisor, where he just kind of sits back and never does anything. Right. If, if you were to change his text to be like, "Gun," and you know if you're going to play damaged Enterprise with him, he has to come out. Right. So it, it, that adds another element of now he can get shot. Now he oh, can
1: yeah, get cause killed. You know. Right? Because yeah, yeah, if you're pl- like if I was playing Cardassian against like, a Cardassian deck, I'd just keep him at Earth the whole time. you know, he you know, like, never get ensnared or anything like that. would be yeah. Yeah. So I think if you actually changed it to be exactly like Guinan, I think that'd be pretty reasonable.
0: Red alert! Shields up! What shields. We're about to have regionals sign up start and uh to be fair we're also about to have another second edition set come out which will shake things up as they always do um but if you were to so sort of look ahead at you know two or three decks uh that you think are going to do really well this season what would be what would be your picks there
1: okay you know every year You know, every year you have like the big competitive events like All Worlds or Continentals, and you see different you know different decks that come out, and you know people make conjectures of what are the best decks. But it seems like every year in the Regionals, Next Generation seems to win way more than you know every other affiliation. They're played way more often, so I'd have to say think that PNG will be the most played and most won. Uh, I don't know if it'd be the i don't know if it's the best deck but it's definitely a deck that's you know it's easy to it's you know more or less easy to play there are you know the missions are there's a little more of a wrinkle with insurrection but the missions are relatively simple you know the personnel are you know some of them are you know very good you know i i i personally think that the uh walk Santa Troy and these are the voyages is like the cheapest move in the game, but
0: yeah, it's pretty dirty, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, so they have a lot of ways to just be good, uh, you know, without even needing to have an elaborate uh, design build. So I'd say, I'd say next generation will be pretty good. Um... Uh, I, I am interested to see cause we've sort of
0: made design has sort of made a, an effort to, push people to playing more actual TNG cards because C- the, the traditional TNG deck for the past two years has been uh, a handful of TNG cards and then mostly Earth personnel, right? You know, Cadets or luoxana and that type of stuff. Right. And with, with Tapestry and, and even in Lineage a bit, there was a, a distinct push to be like, here's all this neat stuff, but it only works with TNG guys. So I- I'm interested to see I agree with everything that you said, but I'm 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 hoping that we will see more actual TNG characters in those decks this year.
1: Yeah, and I think you know I would guess you will. I think the new ship it might just be kind of a flavor of the month thing. But I I you know yeah I play you know online tournaments too, and so I see a lot of people playing the new Enterprise. You know five points you know, third turn of the game you can do lets you do a lot of different things, right? You can do a field studies, you could you know, I've seen decks that play Cleons then and go attack you with all out war, which is pretty funny. So there's lots of different things you can do with five point like five, you know, guaranteed points that opponent isn't like able to destroy unless they you know, unless they get a few minor difficulties or something. Yeah. So there's lot, you know. There's lots of different possibilities with with that. I don't know if it's the best enterprise, um, specifically or especially for like the this like the the solver variety, like the decks that are going to be just. I want to solve my missions, get 100 points, and win. I don't know if it's the best way. Yeah. Because usually, stopping six personnel is essentially losing out on a mission attempt. So, you know. You know, the game is about attempting and solving missions, and so you're not, you're, you know, you're really hindering yourself by stopping the people. Yeah. But I, th- but I think you know, people are. I wouldn't be surprised if if TNG is is good. You know, there's always, you know, Vintner to download Guinan to play at what cost is, you know. You know, a very good, you know, a good bill. You know, you can get the McCoy out then. Uh, so there's, so there's lots of ways to play TNG, uh, effectively. So I think, I think, I think they'll be, they'll be probably far and away the most popular, and they'll probably win the most, uh, out of every affiliation.
0: So who, who's your top non-federation pick? Uh,
1: in terms of just like best deck? Yeah,
0: they'll have the best performance over regional season.
1: So non TNG, you mean? Yeah,
0: non Federation. I mean, because you know, TOS is always good, oh, okay, and, okay. And, and and Voyager is perennially okay. good. And, and uh, what what other what what who besides the Feds do you think will clock up pretty well this year?
1: Oh man, this is uh, a. <laughs> I'm looking at so I'm looking at the affiliations right now. I think you know, it's it's going to be very different by the different groups. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a Cleon battle deck is going to probably win some regional in, in, uh, the East coast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like a, a Romulan, you know, event wall deck is probably going to win some big event in Europe. You know, these are things that I'd expect to see. Uh, I don't know. man, this is a tough question. Like I, you know, I, I think the Romulan deck is very good. I've had a lot of experience playing with it. Uh, you know, Borg is is always uh always tough, and you know I think I think there's a good Cardassian deck out there, but like a really good Cardassian deck out there. But every time I try to build it and play it, I always am a little less successful than I <laughs> would like to be. Yeah. Um, but I'd I'd say, uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's hard to argue with with Borg, like a big Borg deck being one of the probably the best deck out there. Yeah. Just just because there's it can deal with so many different problems that your opponent can do to you, and also you know, being able to like swap cards with the queen and and interlink your entire deck away if necessary. The, I mean, these are you know just like nice abilities that no one else you know has you know is able to do. Yeah, so, they,
0: they they have the biggest and most diverse toolbox in the game right now, without a doubt. Yeah. So.
1: And and you know like the the dilemmas that are you know really good against sub affili some affiliations like you know people love to play an issue of trust, right? You know, yeah. it's very good against Maquis, Cleon, Romulans, like some of the other, you know, many of the other fed affiliations, uh, Cardassians, obviously. So these are, you know, it's a great dilemma against so many other affiliations against Borg. It's basically, yeah, I got the queen here or I got Lacutus, Thanks for 10 points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, so, so these, you know, <laughs> there's lots of dilemmas that just don't work that well against the Borg that people commonly play. So, they're, you are you know, they have obvious holes, right? You know, passing Gompti, you can't pass Gompti without, you know, a Cheater or Locutus or, or the same thing with Rogue Borg. So there's yeah. obvious dilemmas that hurt them, but they have ways to still get around those dilemmas that hurt them, right? You know, you can knowledge and experience, adapt, you know, ascertain. There's lots of ways that they can get around those cards that hurt them.
0: Yeah, and they, In addition you know, to
1: all the cards that are, that pretty much whiff against them. Yeah. So they're, they're really, every time I play them, Charlie, you know, I've, i played them, you know, many times. Every time I play them, I play an, ass, you know, I play assimilation probably maybe 60, 70% of the time when I play Borg. And every time I play the assimilation deck, I come away from the tournament saying, you know, usually, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm successful with them, but I always come away thinking, you know, I just dropped this assimilation altogether. Like, they're really good at solving missions. Like, if I would have just had a couple more, you know, cheater interrupts, I would have just blown by some of these people. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I think the, I think the, the non-assimilation Borg deck might be, uh, might be the best deck out there. And I know, you know, that was, and that's something that, you know, when we was talking, we'd go back to our, talk about nationals. You know, that was something I was very, you know, think, you know, I was thinking about the whole time in the deck building process. You know, I was talking about how I added more cards to my deck that I wanted to. That was because I was, you know, Johnny is his, you know, he's played that Borg, his Borg deck a number of times. He's been successful. Uh, you know, he won our, you know, our regional last year with uh, something similar. Yeah. And so it's something where, well, I gotta worry about this, you know, beyond just playing my own game. So it's a, it's a good deck and, Someone will, you know, they're not going to be played very often because they, you know, it never is. But when it's played, it's going to do really well. Yep.
0: Well, all right. I have one last tradition. I am going to pull up our website here. Okay. And I used to open up a pack. So the trick I used to do was open up a pack and go to the rare and have you review the rare. But I don't have any packs handy. And we have this really cool random card button. Okay. Okay. Now, so I'm going to go to our website and pull up a random second edition card.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, this is a a goodie, an oldie and a goodie. Oh, nice. Amanda Rogers. Ooh. Interrupt. To play this Interrupt, you must have five or more points. When an event or Interrupt is played, prevent that event or Interrupt and place it in its owner's discard pile. Lose five points. So. Classic. Classic. It's basically the one e Amanda Rogers on the 2E template. It's ten years old at this point. Um, is this card at all relevant in the modern game?
1: It's relevant in the right deck, um, which makes it a relevant card, I guess. Right? You know, yeah. There's, there's. Well, I'm I'm looking at the web.
0: There's eight or nine decks that list it as being used in the last six months. So oh,
1: yeah. clearly, it's being played, but. Yeah, you know, there's uh, there's actually very few. There, there seems to be few ways to cancel interrupts. You know, there's there's a few you know obvious ones, but uh, you know that's the big. You know that's kind of the big thing. Um, you know, there's some you know, a lot of decks that just completely rely on those interrupts, uh, like the cardassian deck. You know, yeah. central command that, you know, completely relies on interrupts to pass, like, very common, very, uh, you know, very common dilemmas people play. Uh, you know, I was just talking about Borg They can ascertain and do all that. You know, Borg, you know, when I play, you know, I've typically played Borg, I don't usually play a lot of counters to counters, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't play my own grab plating traps. I might throw in a seven of nine, you know, maybe. Uh, the, the one that cancels interrupts, but I u- usually play very few interrupt counters, inter- or counters to counters, the counters to counters in that card. So Amanda's definitely, uh, uh, definitely a playable card. Uh, you have, you, you'd want it to be played in a deck that is able to generate the points, uh, early, right? So you could play it in, a... Uh, it, 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 it could supplement a, uh, let's see, like, it could supplement the Borg deck very well, right? That could be a very, you know, that's a very good Borg card, you know, you play an Annexation drone early, you don't get it at what cost, now, you don't, you don't play it because you're playing Central Command. So you hold that, right? I think, actually I think, I think I played against, yeah, I, I saw that, I had that played against me once. I had a, I, or more recently, I, I played against Tyler Foltz a couple months ago. We were playing an online game, and I was playing a a deck that used Tongo's uh, DS9 uh, Tongo Confront deck. Mm-hmm. And he was playing Borg, and he he was what was he? He was doing something, and I and I tried to cancel. He must have played, like, an Adapt or something like that, or a Knowledge and Experience. And I canceled it with a... I don't know what I had. Grab Plate Trap, and then he um, played Amanda Rogers to, you know, counter my counter. And I, I remember thinking after, I was like, oh, that was, that was a pretty good play on him. You know, yeah. that's like that, that's a card that you don't see, like, always, but in the right deck, it could be very good. It was a staple in my
0: most of my Romulan decks. Oh, yeah. So. You know?
1: I mean, it also, any of the decks... You know, there's lots, there's a few decks out there that score over 100 points, right? Um, yeah. there's, you know, the, the Chris deck you are talking about, that scores 105 points. And, you know, so when I play, you know, when I build a deck, I score, that scores 105, I'm like, well, what, what am I going to do with that other five points? Uh, do I play in at what cost in there? Just to speed it up in the middle of the game or, or yeah. what? And so Amanda Rogers is a perfectly good alternative to those decks that score more than 100 points on their missions. I should put it in my, uh,
0: Voyager Long Journey Home deck goes to 120.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: And, uh, it, it's, cause it, it's, it's pretty hard to blow up an event on a mission. That there aren't many cards that target that. So the best chance to catch Long Journey Home is when you're playing it. Right. And, you know, the, the obvious way of doing that is Grav Trap. And if you can keep an Amanda and five points, then you can protect your Long Journey Home and, and go for the four mission win. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. Uh, Could be, yeah, good card. New rules. You can't cheat every customer who walks through the door anymore, Quark. You are a community leader now. Very well, very well. Perhaps we could discuss these new rules over drink. If you don't take that hand off my hip, you'll never be able to raise a glass with it again.
0: Cool. Well, uh, we've been chatting for an hour, so anything that you would like to ask ask me
1: before we wrap this up so there's lots of people out there that are interested in these next sets coming out and i know this next one is about uh temporal mechanics is there any maybe you give like a hint about is there any like new theme you can see coming out of uh like either the personnel of this next set is there going to be a like new sub affiliation that people can play or something like that. You don't uh, have to. You don't have to talk about what it is, but I just kind of yeah. curious to see if it's going to. You you anticipate um, that it's going to be happening. There will be a new deck type played
0: after this set comes out. Um It's it's a it's a team, and I'm air quoting. Not that anybody can see that. It, it is a team in, in a literal sense. It's not. It's not like we're we're, we're kind of. I'm not going to say done with teams because I love the team concept. Uh, there's a lot that we can pull on in the future and, and they cater to a, um, a lot of people. Um, they like the, you know, oh, here's a cool team. What else can I add? Go type of decks. A, a lot of players, especially however players, players dislike that. But, um, anyway, um, this is sort of the last hurrah of the, of the team idea, although it's less, less spelled out than the past ones have been. It's um, it's definitely going to be an interesting and fun new deck type based around uh, uh, timey-wimey stuff. So I'm excited to see how it ends up uh, once it's out. It, it's been interesting in, in testing, and it's gone through a couple iterations, but other than that, I think that it's a player's expansion. There's a lot of cool stuff in it. Um, and at the same time, we snuck in more meta-adjusting stuff than probably the last three expansions have had combined. Because C- really, because of the delay and the time it takes to do all the design and development, this is the post-Worlds expansion. Okay. So, like, all, at, you know, we t- after all the Worlds and Continentals and we had all the time to look at all those decks, this is the expansion that has all those cards that we wrote to deal with some of that stuff. <clears throat> And and when it comes out, combined with some of the errata that's that's on the docket, um, I really think the competitive balance for the 2013 season is going to be better than it's been ever. <laughs> and and I, you know, I I think we've improved every year. I think most affiliations uh have a build and a player who likes that affiliation and that build who can do really well in a tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody can play Ferengi. Not everybody can play Romulan. But uh the players that can play Ferengi can bring that deck to a big tournament and do well with it. Um,
1: You, you and, know, I, I wrote down enough, a number of notes because I wasn't sure, like, how dumb I'd sound in the interview or not. So I wrote down <laughs> some notes beforehand. And, I was, you know, I wrote down, like, well, one of the things I wrote down is all the affiliations are, you know, are, I guess are mostly competitive, you know, in any... Big setting, like, you can have, uh, you know, I'm just gonna look in the list of different affiliations. All of them, I can see a deck type that will, you know, be competitive in any event, so. It's, that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's kudos to the, the design team on that, definitely.
0: Yeah, uh, the design team, the rules team, we've all been, you know, we've been trying to work closer than we ever have to make sure things are fun and exciting, and, um, I think that this expansion coming next is, I think a lot of players are really going to like it, and a very small percentage of players are not going to like it at all, <laughs> oh, <laughs> because it's because it's messing with some of the things that they like to do. Oh
1: no! Uh, what 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 would you throw me in? What category do you throw me into? You're going to yell at me at a, about a couple cards, but you're going <laughs> to like you're going to like it overall.
0: You're going to like it overall. Okay, absolutely. Yep. So, uh, PK might not
1: be happy with it. Oh, I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs>
0: yeah uh
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> I really think it's gonna I have to say, I just got the art proof yesterday. Johnny and his team brought it to a level that is unprecedented
1: i don't like, I don't even <laughs> understand how they can make the pictures that they do it, you know some I, of them are I, just unbelievably gorgeous, and I wonder like what was wrong with the cipher for not being able to do like similar <laughs> similar I things I don't know and i I've said this pretty much every time he
0: puts out an expansion that, that looks beautiful, but, I mean, this is this is a level beyond everything that they have done. And and, and it's just, I cannot wait for you to see some of these cards. Just just see the pictures. <laughs> the, the, the cards themselves are, are, are he, he took these cards the, the moment when I get the art proof is really my favorite part of design. Because he takes these cards that we've been mucking with and designing and beating against
1: walls and trying to get right <laughs> that are very mechanical. So you're and sick they, you're sick of them even you're sick of even the card at that point probably right. You're like whatever just do something with it. Yeah,
0: and then <laughs> he puts this, you know, Matt and his creative guys put a story on it. And it's like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." And then Johnny comes back with the art proof. And then you get this magical combination of game text and story and image that just it, it's amazing. I cannot describe, I mean, I've been doing this five years and I still get this just rush of excitement when I see it happen. So I, I am excited to see everybody else start talking about the cards.
1: You yeah. know, that's great. Um, so I guess kind of going into this, uh, to follow up question, you know, last year you had this, you know, I remember you went on the section 31 podcast and you're, you're talking about how this uh, this upcoming set is going to really, you know, reshape uh, the regional season. And I think for... And, that, you know, some, and then it didn't come out until the end of the regional season. Yeah, 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 it ended up not coming out, right? <laughs> so do you, are you, you know, I guess you already talking about some of the Meta Police cards. Do you really see, like, let's say it comes out in the, I don't know when it's going to come out, but let's say it comes out smack dab in the middle of the regional season, like hypothetical. Yeah. Do you, would you see, like, a huge shift in, do you, do you would you imagine you'd see a huge shift in the decks that are, like, played successful at that point?
0: Um, it, that, realistically, no, because there's always a lag between when the cards come out and when they really start affecting things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You know, even if we put them out and they're legal a week later, only a handful of people are going to have printed them, cut them out, and rebuilt decks in that week.
1: That's true.
0: You know, realistically it's going to take more like a month for the cards to assimilate out there. Um but there are certain decks that this expansion clubs upside the head. Decks that need to be clubbed upside the head. And can you give two examples? Can I give what two example? examples? <laughs> um the deck that one World, well, the deck that won Australian Continentals, that that maki Bajoran deck,
1: uh-huh.
0: and Mike Carrington's world-winning deck from last year, will both okay. get smacked around a
1: little bit. So two mission or two headquarters hate. Hey, no level? comment. Okay. No
0: comment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, there is there's just a couple things that I think there are some cards in here that that people are gonna be like, oh my god, finally. You know, what took them so long to make this? And what took us so long to make some of these cards is, you know, we weren't a hundred, really design is very collaborative. It's not, it's not like me. I, I especially am always soliciting input from the other members of the design team to the members of the designers who aren't on the design team to the rules guys to the testers to people in the chat room. To people at local tournaments, I'm always asking questions and listening to what they're
1: saying. You're listening to me when i even, when I'm, even when I'm talking nonsense? Uh, usually. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> uh,
0: th- there's, I'm looking at a pair of events right now that both do something that I think people are going to be like, what took you so long to write that card? And it really is just a function of, you know, the, it wasn't that it took us that long to write the idea. It was that it took the game the long, that long to get to the right point. Right. You know, and for us to get it exactly, you know, there's, there's some, there's the concept of a scalpel and then there's the concept of the, the broadsword. Right. And you know, it's, it's finding what, do we want to scalpel it? Do we want to broadsword it? What level in between? Um, there's some cards in here that are definitely more of the broadsword method versus the, uh, scalpel method. Um, we, we, I think sometimes in the past we've we've gone f- too far to the scalpel side, and so we, we sort of made a decision. When we were working on this expansion and, and moving forward to up our minimum level. How how will how low will go on that scale? Because you know uh, a, a good example is the Evade Samaritan Snare.
1: Yeah.
0: No, we tried to make that laser scalpel, and it ended up being useless.
1: Right? You know, or, yeah, or, or
0: significantly less useful than
1: it should have been. And you, and you know what's funny, Charlie? You know, you know, you know when we were talking. You know, I was talking about what I would change with Nathan Samuels. You know, I said mm-hmm. remove the two forty-point missions. That was a mission I was considering actually playing as the you know the the other non-Delphic Expanse mission, just because yeah. I thought people would be the use the downloads, but Obviously, you can't play that with the the Delphic mission, so that's why I didn't include it. But it's yeah, you're exactly right. It's a it's a mission that hasn't got nearly as much play as you would like it to.
0: Yeah, it's still good against certain decks. It's not good against every deck. You know, like Transport Crash Survivors was what was one I think we knocked out of the park. You know, it was right at the right level. Uh, Except
1: it's a pain in the ass to count sixteen different skills. Well, that's a different issue. But,
0: <laughs> but you know, I I think that, and I'm gonna give I'm gonna give John Corbett credit for sort of he was always pushing me to uh, up the the level of of you know damage we were doing to some of these things. And, and he would, you know, he would push me and push me and push me to the point where I'd be like, no, we're not going that far. And he'd he'd be you know, okay, but. You know, he, he he pushed a couple of these cards uh, more towards the broadsword than where they were in the scalpel, and I think they're better cards for it. I think he was right to do that because if any, that was one of my weaknesses. Is always I'm always trying to like, you know, pinpoint exactly the problem and and just excise that, and and sometimes that's just not an effective weapon. So with that in mind, I I, I think uh, I think there will be some shifts when this set comes out.
1: Yeah, I think you know a lot of people are looking forward to it, self included. Yeah. Well, um, we talked a lot, man. So thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, and, and hopefully yeah, uh, people stayed on, stayed on uh, listening for a while. Oh yeah. You so, should you should break it down into different, you know, fifteen minute segments so people don't have to listen to me talk and talk about. My, what I would do to Nathan famous or something like that well I mean, you no know uh,
0: part, <laughs> p- part of the idea is that I don't want to edit this <laughs> so alright alright Nathan thank you for coming on the show and uh, good luck in your competition in the future and I uh, hope we talk to you again soon
1: thanks, thanks I'm sure I'll see you the next tournament some questions. Nice. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> class it up a little bit.